0: From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, vernal keratoconjunctivitis.
1: In our part of the world, it's just not an allergy. It's a blinding disease.
0: First this. This year's ASCRS annual symposium was great. I learned a lot that I'm applying to my practice right now. If I have any complaint, it's that I couldn't get to all the sessions I wanted to because some of them overlapped. That's why I'm so excited about the new ASCRS Media Center. More than 1,300 sessions from that meeting are now available through this great new resource. See what you missed or revisit the most interesting sessions. The Media Center is free to all meeting attendees. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information. You know, it's hard to be an ophthalmologist. On the one hand, we see patients with circumscribed problems that can be definitively treated with surgery. On the other hand, we have little to offer our patients with insidious pathologies that can affect their quality of life, but that are only rarely vision-limiting. I'm thinking of dry eye, viral conjunctivitis, and ocular allergies. Ocular allergies have a nastier side outside of the temperate parts of the world. In tropical climes, vernal keratoconjunctivitis can cause real and permanent vision loss. Varendra Sangwan has made a study of this pathology, and I'm happy to have him as my guest today. How does vernal keratoconjunctivitis typically present? Uh, no
1: countries like India or in the Asian countries, I think the most frequent uh, findings are the upper tarsal conjunctival involvement, and then the uh, what we call the mixed form, and then the least common is the limbal form.
0: And and what is the pathogenesis of shield ulcers? We're going to be talking about this.
1: Yes, the shield ulcer, um, most people believe that it's a mechanical theory, but I don't think that is true because it is the it's the chemical theory which holds true most often because the amount of chemical mediators released by these uh, you know papillae uh, are so much that it destroys the epithelium and this has been proved in culture that if you put uh, cationic proteins or eosinophilic cationic protein or major basic protein the, the, it punches hole in the epithelium so and when you give him topical steroids, intense, it heals very rapidly. So to me, it's the chemical theory which is more important.
0: Right, because the, 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 these are these would be corneas that are still um, receiving the same level of, of physical trauma uh, from the inside of the uh, uh, lid. Uh, this sort of treatment just takes sort of the the the, the, the cytochemical stuff out of the uh, out of the picture. Um, how are shield ulcers typically treated?
1: In um, mostly, what we sh- what we do is that if there is a grade one ulcer where you know there's it's it's a flat with minimal deposit, we will still treat with topical steroids and the mast cell stabilizers, which anyway in VKC you need to continue. Anything more than that, we will do a not a debridement, but oxygen of the base, which is deposited, like Cameroon's classification, grade two and three. So in those situations, we use the amniotic membrane or a bandage contact lens.
0: Can I get you to describe the design of your study? What our
1: study was a retrospective study, and uh, what we looked at is the, does it make a difference if we use the amniotic membrane in addition to a bandage contact lens or exclusively amniotic membrane? And our feeling was that it's helping, but in the study, what we found was it was not making much difference. So
0: Before we get to the study, let let me I mean, to the results of the study. Let let me ask you to, to just br- briefly describe what the grading system is, and at what point uh, in in the course uh, of the of the patient was amniotic membrane transplant recommended. What
1: um the grading what we have followed is the uh, publication prior by Cameroon in AJO many many years ago. So we followed those grade one, grade two, and grade three. Grade one is a, um, a clean base with no not any much deposit. Grade two is a deposit or you know even slight elevation from the co- above corneal surface, and grade three is highly elevated uh, plaque on the corne- uh, on the uh, seal ulcer. So. And, and any time when we see grade 2 or grade 3, we have used the amniotic membrane.
0: Now, I've done amniotic membrane grafts, but but not for VKC. Can I get you to walk me through a typical procedure?
1: What, um, what I would recommend is that first, you do under topical or not really topical under peribulver or a GA depending on the age of the patient. You should uh, excise the uh, deposit on the seal ulcer, which is extremely extremely difficult. It's as it it appears as if it's sealed to the uh, you know welded to the uh, corneal surface. So it's extremely difficult for one to excise that. So you have to very carefully excise that. Then what you do is to use the amniotic membrane cover like at a bandage contact lens and put your sutures circumferential sutures at the periphery just inside the limbus or you can use fibrin glue but the because the rest of the corneal epithelium is intact the glue may not work Uh, i'll rather use the sutures and then in within three to four days or a week you'll see that the membrane disintegrates the uh, the seal ulcer
0: heals Can I get you, since you brought it up, to to describe the results, the the, the findings of your study?
1: Um, The main finding is that um, the grade 1 or grade 2 ulcers, whether you treat with the amniotic membrane or the bandage contact lens, it doesn't really make much difference. It it eventually heals. And because you are also using uh, steroids, topical, sometimes we use intralesional steroids also. But in the larger ulcers where the size was bigger than a certain size. I don't remember exactly in the, in the paper what, what is that size is, but it makes the healing slightly better or faster uh, with the amniotic membrane.
0: I've seen patients, as we all have, with VKC, but I, I, I gather that it's a more common problem in, in the tropics. What do you think that, that that's true?
1: It is true, but I don't know what the scientific explanation is. But it, it is very common, and it's, the presentation is very extreme. If, in fact, we have published about the uh, stem cell deficiency uh, resulting as a result of uh, persistent VKC, and the VKC persists in about 25 to 40% of patients in adulthood, and those patients tend to be worse. So in our uh, country or uh, on our part of the world, it's just not an allergy it's a blinding disease
0: now you, you say that debridement is difficult for for these for these cases can i get you in a little more detail to describe how how you do it and when superficial keratectomy is warranted
1: um, debridement uh, won't work except in grade 1 cell ulcer because in the grade 1 you have uh, epithelium which is not healthy and with the waxel or a Johnson body you can remove it but rest of the type 2 and type 3 you will have to work with a uh, forceps and a 15 number blade or a crescent blade. I prefer 15 number because you can maintain that same plane if you have too sharp instrument like a crescent blade you will go deeper and you may create multiple planes so I'll rather use 15 number plate and hold the area where the membrane is and then uh, you know, dissect, just like you do a lamellar graft, but not doing a keratectomy.
0: Four of your patients had keratoconus. What, what's the relationship between VKC and, and keratoconus?
1: I think there is a uh, relationship uh, in the sense that uh, probably it is the chemical mediators make the collagen weak, and also the rubbing, uh, because of intense itching, adds to the adds to it. So they're both factors, and we found that the keratoconus is more often in patients with the uh, VKC.
0: Vrendra, in, in your own practice, how do you manage VKC patients who, who don't, or, or at least don't yet, have shield ulcers? Uh,
1: fortunately, the majority of the patients are mild patients, moderate to severe or less. But in my practice, what I get is moderate to severe or the ones who have serial ulcer or who have, you know, limbal stem cell deficiency or keratoconus, those kind of stuff. But what I uh, prefer to use is use a mast cell stabilizer around the ear, irrespective whether they have a, or symptoms or not, use them all the throughout the year, three to four times a day. Then off late, I have started using Tacromat, or that is the tacrolimus eye ointment, which is available as an uh, ophthalmic ointment made by an Indian company called OraLab.
0: Except in the US. Uh, except
1: in the US, yes. There you can use off-the-label tacroge which is a skin cream. I think is available. And uh, other thing that I use is very often is the pulse dose of. Topical steroids. Whenever there is an exaggeration or when the kids have exams, they tend to have a recurrence. So those times are the time that I use, uh, you know, in a pulse of three to four weeks of tapering topical steroids.
0: Varinder, this is great stuff in these very difficult patients. I, I want to thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Joss It's a pleasure uh, chatting with you and talking about the study. Thank you very much.
0: Varinder Sangwan is associate director in clinical research at the L.V. Prasad Eye Institute. At the Kalam Anji Reddy campus in Bajara Hills, Hyderabad, India. His paper, Management, Clinical Outcomes, and Complications of Shield Ulcers in Vernal Keratoconjunctivitis, appears in the March 2013 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Here's some additional information about the new ASCRS Media Center. Almost all of the 2012 ASCRS ASOA meeting was audio and video recorded, and there are now more than 1,300 sessions featuring almost 1,000 speakers available online. You can view the general sessions, ASCRS paper sessions, symposia, films and posters, plus select courses and ASOA sessions on business management. It's essentially the entire meeting anytime you want and it's all available through the new ASCRS Media Center. If you attended the meeting, your Media Center access is free. If you're a current ASCRS or ASOA member but didn't attend, you can still see everything that you missed for the member price of $199. If you're not an ASCRS member, you can still purchase the Media Center, or better yet, Join us and get the lower member price. To view the 2012 meeting through the Media Center, visit the ASCRS website at www.ascrs.org. If you're already a member, log in first and then click the Media Center link. If you're a guest, just click the Media Center link at the top of the page. From there, you can purchase the Chicago 2012 package, or better yet, join the ASCRS and receive the discounted member price. Ask questions of Dr. Sangwan or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.